from the TWU Local 591 Union Hall. It's the Local 591 podcast with local president Gary Scheibel. Join Gary and his guests as they discuss topics that impact and affect the careers and lives of union members. Take it away, Gary. Hi, right, welcome back to the TW Local 591 podcast. My name is Gary Scheidel, your local president. Today we have a special podcast on the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. Joining us today is Mike Cockerham. He is our TW Local 591 safety coordinator. Also joining us is Russ Dittmer, our aircraft maintenance executive board member, and Mike Bush, our material logistics specialist executive board member. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so obviously this is a growing concern, both for one, the impact on the company that we're seeing with the reduced uh, bookings going forward with passengers, but more so is the impact on our health. So here today, I want to talk about the impact on the on our members' health. And before I get started, I do want to fill in one conversation I had this past week about calling in sick. And the company's position is pretty clear. If you're sick or you're under quarantine, call in sick. So with that said, having Mike on the show today, uh, we want to talk about, well, there's the easy and the hard question at the same time. Working in the environment we do, how do we go about protecting ourselves in the job? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I'm sure everybody's that's on their mind. So the first thing is, and just so everybody knows, on average, a person touches their face 23 times per hour without even realizing it. Everybody's aware of having to wash their hands and avoid touching your face, but that is the real big issue right now is just keeping your hands clean and anything you're touching, make sure it's sanitized. If it's not, at least have hand sanitizer and then get into the working in the environment on the aircraft. As many as you are aware that a lot of us fly on these airplanes, work on them day in, day out, and these things are filthy. So we should have been doing this all along is at least wear gloves anytime you're working on the interior of the aircraft, especially. That's the best way to protect ourselves right now. So Mike, let's use a a specific example from an aircraft mechanic's point of view. He's going out to an aircraft, he's been told there's a problem with a tray table. Whether it's a replacement, repair, adjustment really doesn't matter. What does that look like to you best practices wise? First of all, I would I'd have nitrile gloves on. And I'd wipe the area down. Now, I know there's going to be shortages on on disinfectant and everything, but just your basic soap. I'd actually have a rag or something to kind of wipe the tray table down. And then, of course, having gloves on to work on it. And that would go with any of the seats or any of that, especially if it's fabric. Anything, bacteria, uh, mold can be on on the surface. So it's a good practice, not just now, but, you know, going forward to at least wear gloves. Again, with upholstery, it's probably a good idea to wear a mask as well. So, Mike, let's stay with that theme. And from a store's perspective, with the parts coming back from the mechanic or, for that matter, coming in from the vendors, would the same hold true with the same PPE? Absolutely, at least uh, especially with gloves. And we have to treat everything as it is uh, hazardous or infectious. So going forward, yeah, at least minimum PPE would be nitrile gloves for everyone with parts coming and going. So kind of a good lesson to all of our members. I mean, understand that just because the mechanic's now done with the part, somebody else is handling it afterward. And last I've heard that uh, this virus can last on a surface for quite an extensive period. Yeah, that, that's the thing with this uh, COVID-19 is that there's a lot of a lot of unknowns with this. So there isn't, uh, I've seen reports where it can last 48 hours up to 72 hours. There's other reports that are inconsistent. So we really don't know at this point. 
and we have to treat it as that and just assume everything's infectious and we need to protect ourselves. All right. Hey, Mike, uh, going back to the, the fabric issue, is there a spray sanitizer of some sort that's available to the mechanics? Currently, the company does have a, a few products on hand. They've been using it for some time, uh, from my understanding. Is this uh, Bactril Kill, which is from Bactronics, and they're starting to use that on the cabin fogging. Uh, and that's supposed to disinfect everything as far as uh, seat belts, uh, all the upholstery, wall ceilings, whatnot. So, Mike, with that said, I did see some email traffic on this new spray sanitizer. So can you give us a little more in detail on, from a mechanics perspective, on training? Yeah, well, this is uh, another thing we just came up across this past weekend. Um, it was introduced back in DWH uh, over the weekend. It was assigned. I mean, this is a, something new, relatively new to Legacy AA. Legacy LUS uh, has been used in this product what's called Bactril. It's a disinfectant and deodorizer. Um, it's used in the cabin to disinfect surfaces. It's eliminate offensive odors and also it removes musty odors from ducts and air grills and Casper vents. I'm just trying to get up to speed now on this because again, it's been introduced on the Lacey AA side. Supposedly IM has been using this since 2017 at the bases. Uh, this work is being assigned, I know, in Dallas and uh, DWH, and currently right now there's no training. Uh, there's a, a little booklet that management has put out on the, in the break rooms, and there's a top wrench video that's also on the AMT homepage for a demo. Can I jump Again, in here for just a second, uh, Mike? With that yeah. top wrench video, one of the things that's been brought up is that while the individual that's got it on his backpack is walking through a cabin that he's supposedly disinfecting he's not wearing any gloves he's not wearing a mask of any sort any of these things the the video itself obviously doesn't meet the expectation of what local 591 safety coordinator you or local 591 wants is that correct that's absolutely correct and uh, i'm trying to work with uh training and uh tech op safety to get that corrected because in some of the documentation even on its Daytronics, which produces this chemical and has this kit, it shows us on various videos or different pictures of where the guy is fully suited in a white coveralls and a mask and gloves. And then other pictures, there's no PPE at all. This is being rolled out and, you know, our guys don't have any of the information on what it is and, and how it's supposed to be used. So, yeah, there's a whole training issue that needs to be resolved that I'm currently working on. And Mike, this Bactrol, I believe is what you call it, it's been available for the LUS side since 2017, uh, I assume through their stores department? That's correct, yes. Atronics uh, company that produces this kit is out of Pittsburgh, uh, so that's why it initiated in, on the LUS side. Okay, so then I would assume just, there's some standard precautions we want to take as far as the chemical itself. Well, when, yes, that's correct. So when you look at the SDS, it says there's no harmful effects as far as respiratory or, or skin irritation or any of that stuff. If it was me, and I, I'm recommending to everybody, um, until we know more and there's more training, just suit up. Put the coveralls on, full PPE, safety glasses, your N95 respirator, gloves, and also hearing protection. Because I, I've only seen this in a video, and it sounds pretty loud to me, so I would... Uh, full PPE at this point. 
So it would be safe to say, I mean, until proven otherwise, this is definitely not your can of Lysol at your house. Absolutely. Moving on, what would somebody do if they do suspect that they've been exposed? Um, is there anything you want our members to do? Well, obviously, to report it to their local management. And then my understanding, there's a there's a protocol that management is supposed to call IOC, and then they're supposed to get further information on, on what to do. I've had a lot of calls uh, where employees are concerned. Our members are saying that, hey, I have somebody um, that lives with me that has a health condition, and I'm concerned that if I do get exposed, you know, now I'm bringing it home and exposing everybody else. Right now, the company, the way I understand it to be is that if someone thinks they've been exposed, to notify them, and then the company is not obligated to notify anybody else unless they test positive. Now, listen to the, the call that I was on this morning. There's a problem with even getting tested right now. Uh, obviously, you call your doctor. They don't want you to come in the emergency room. There's a shortage on tests. There's a whole other issue that's, that we're going to have to deal with at some point. I've asked for these uh, protocols and procedures, uh, what management expected to do, and uh, I'm hoping to get something uh, from safety. Uh, that way I can pass it on to our membership as far as they know uh, what to do and what's expected of management when they've been notified. Along with that, Mike, um, I assume you also want every time they hear about a suspected exposure to an aircraft that that be a safety concern uh, report for you? Absolutely. We need to know. The more we know, the more we can get information and, and follow up with management on anything that happens. Communication is the key. I, I preach it all the time, and it's very important, especially for us, to know what's, what's actually going on because the more we know, the more we can push our initiatives and make the company provide that safe work environment and protect our health of our employees. Very good. So on that note, anything else, gentlemen? Yeah, Mike, I want to address the concern that's been brought up a couple of times now on mechanics being requested to stand by an aircraft before departure. Is it correct that the posi your position is if they do need to stand by that they be outside the jet bridge, not standing in the jetway with the passengers walking by them? I would say absolutely. Outside the door, of course, um, and, and then still have uh, your PPE handy uh, if you do have to go in and address an issue. I, again, everybody's recommending that, you know, that six-foot distance, so absolutely. Social distancing is what we're looking at, so, right? That's correct, yes. All right, on that note, I want to remind everybody that uh, the latest information on the coronavirus is on Local 591's website under the, at the top under the heading of Coronavirus Update. I want to thank Mike, Mike and Russ for being on today on this important topic. And most of all, please take all appropriate precautions. Please be mindful and please be careful. For more information about TWU Local 591, go to local591.com. To comment on this or any of our podcasts, email us at info at local591.com. You can listen, download, and stream episodes of Local 591 Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, your favorite Android podcaster, or your RSS feed-enabled browser. Local 591 podcast episodes are also available to stream and download from our website, local591podcast.com forward slash podcast. Music provided under license by pond5.com. The Local 591 podcast is produced and engineered by Tommy Ingle.